Hello and welcome to Glow and Tell. I'm Karina. And I'm Laura. And we're twin sisters who love to share our obsession with all things beauty. On this week's episode, we're going to do a little something different. We're going to talk about our favorite makeup moments in our favorite movies. Yes, ma'am. So, Laura, close your eyes. Yes, I'm closed. Yes. Think of your favorite movie. Don't tell me what it is. Okay. And listener, do this as well. Think about why this is your favorite movie. If it's something that you go to over and over again, um, is it something about the story that really grabs you? Is it the actors who portray these characters? Is it the design of the entire film? Is it the plot? Is it the character arc? But you know what? The first thing that really makes a movie is how it looks. Yes, it does. And not just the set, the cinematography, the costumes, the hair. We think about the characters and we get very invested with them. And they usually have a very iconic look. Mm -hmm. Think Queen Elizabeth. You know exactly what it looks like. The Wicked Witch of the West. Wicked Witch of the West. The Tin Man. The Tin Man. Um, Audrey Hepburn in Breakfast at Tiffany's. All iconic looks. You know exactly what that looks like in your mind's eye. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about our favorite makeup looks in our favorite movies. Yes. So I can't wait to share this. This has been really kind of fun to conjure up, um, you know, images of makeup moments. Not even just looks that the characters are wearing, but moments involving the use of makeup in movies as well. Yes. Um, because those are also very fun little tidbits that we've like me and Laura particularly, have always enjoyed watching. Yeah, for sure. So stay tuned. We're going to share our favorite makeup movie moments. All right, so let's take it way back. Mm -hmm. About 80 years, to be exact. 80 years ago. The year was 1939. Wow. To put this into perspective, World War II hadn't even started yet. Wow. Um, Our grandmother was only... 10? 10. Yeah, she's 90 today. This year. She's still alive. God bless her soul. Um, and speaking of grandma, uh, we used to go over to our grandma and grandpa's house all the time as children. Mm-hmm. And one of the movies that we watched constantly was The Wizard of Oz. It's probably almost our first real, like, iconic cinematic moment that we've ever watched was The Wizard of Oz. It's, uh, yeah, it's such an iconic movie it's it's a classic for a reason and a lot of that has to do with these iconic looks from these characters in the movie so the wizard of oz if you've seen it you know the moment we're talking about you know that it starts in black and white for you know the first 20 minute half an hour and then all of a sudden after the tornado hits kansas dorothy opens up the front door and what happens The world is in color. The world is in color. And it's not just in color. It was in color in a film. Like, it was a huge cinematic moment where we were going from black and white film into color. And it was just... I just remember it being so magical feeling. Yes, absolutely. I mean, the colors, like... 
there's something about old an older movie that's in color like it seems more saturated yeah um and i think that's because of the kind of film that they had to use at the time but also just the fact that color film was so so rare mm-hmm. and wizard of oz was like that moment that moment in particular is just honestly it's iconic it, it's everybody like, it's like a his, moment in history basically. it's like it makes you like gasp it's yeah. just like it opens your eyes and you gasp and you're like wow it's in color like wow this is crazy um but let's talk about some iconic looks from wizard of oz mm-hmm. obviously we've got our main character dorothy um she doesn't really have a makeup look besides her like really pretty perfect porcelain skin and she has like a little bit of a redder lip but obviously she has her auburn hair in pigtails and the blush she has like these ruddy cheeks yeah so that was you know dorothy is like the all-american girl next door mm-hmm. but then we get to her friends and then it becomes a whole different story so the the people she meets on the yellow brick road mm-hmm. so you get the tin man and iconic iconic look literally just silver probably lead paint i'm fairly certain it was a form of lead paint and that he got they, like really sick he got it. very sick and very <laughs> like had horrific allergic reactions to the makeup because Ooh. obviously it's 80 years ago they don't have the technology that we have today yeah not very safe um yeah that that metallic makeup super super like that's a look like that is the tin man so when people say oh that that highlight is so blinding i feel like the tin man mm. now you know why you if go. you unless you've been living under a rock forever then that's why <laughs> um obviously the most iconic look is the wicked witch of the west yes and why because she is green <laughs> she is green she yes. is green and she has i don't know if they put a prosthetic nose on oh, her. oh they absolutely did but yes. she is green and then mm-hmm. if you've also seen the musical wicked you will know that the you know the wicked witch is green alphabet is green so you have to be covered in paint all day for this film um and the it probably actress became it, her, it probably did horrible things to her skin. The actress was so good because she was so frightening in the first half of the film and then when she portrays the wicked witch it's like even more scary because she's green. It's like where did that even come from? Yeah, honestly like the wicked witch of the so west scary. like gave me nightmares, <gasps> especially like, the scene the before cackle. No, the cackle, yes. Um, that scary, like, she's, like, the epitome of, like, the witch's cackle. Um, but, no, in the beginning, during the tornado where Dorothy gets knocked out and you see the, the um, I don't actually remember her name because she is their neighbor. Yeah. She's riding in her bicycle with the basket across the window. Scary. That soundbite in itself just gives me nightmares. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so creepy. No, but, and then she transforms into the witch. Yes, that's right. And then she transforms and she's on her broom and her cloak ah! is flying behind oh God, her. It's so scary. It's terrifying. Yeah. Honestly, like, for the for the time, and honestly, right now, it's still scary. It's very scary. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, the, the green witch look, that is what people think when they think of a witch costume. Mm-hmm is green like a green skin pointy hat long black robes yes that's yep. what you think of yeah um one of my favorite characters in the wizard of oz was glinda the good witch mm-hmm. because she had such this doll like quality to her and her gown was just gorgeous she had this beautiful like strawberry blonde hair and she was just very very sweet um i don't know her look was just really cute and you could definitely tell 
that they were trying to make her look good and that the Wicked Witch was meant to look bad. Yeah, she looked very, like, ethereal and light, and I don't think she had um, glitter, but her hair was, like, this beautiful, like, airy confection of, like, her red curls. Um, She had, like, just really pretty... She looked so just... Ethereal. Ethereal. I love this costume, too. And so I know we could talk about makeup all day, but my favorite thing about movies is costuming i didn't actually like seriously consider it but when i was a kid i was like wow i really want to make costumes for theater and movies i just love i just love like historical costumes Mm -hmm. really fantastical costumes that's oh i love that kind of stuff glenda's Mm -hmm. dress is beautiful it's like cotton candy oh it's so gorgeous um and other characters are the scarecrow the lion iconic yeah, it's yeah, an iconic it's, movie. It's, it's an obviously yeah, it's a classic. Like it's one of the best movies of all time. Um, I mean, you could probably argue against that if you really wanted to, but it's an eighty-year-old movie that holds up. Yeah, it totally does. It totally and holds it spawned up. Wicked and like the books and the musicals, and so the love of the Wizard of Oz is still continuing to this day. Maybe not in the same form, but the same story lives yeah, on it really does all right let's move on one of my favorite films to watch over and over again is gonna be marie antoinette by sofia coppola specifically the film by sofia coppola i thought that Kristen dunst in this movie and everybody in this movie the costuming was bananas again another movie for uh, costume lovers it is like so a good. dream everything is just so decadent and so decadent over overtly ornate and mm-hmm. intricate and oh it's just honestly like the word that comes to mind when i think of this movie is just like sumptuous Ooh, i just i want to like reach through the screen and like feel like the silk on her dress mm-hmm. and like just like the imagery and the cinematography makes it such a beautiful movie and it's yeah. it's interesting because there's not very much dialogue in this movie. That's what it's, I like about her it's films. It's pure scenery. It just feels natural. It's not forced. There's no forced dialogue. It's kind of it's, just naturally yeah, it's, flowing. It's literally scenery and just emoting from yeah, the actors. It's, it's really like it's it's a movie that is made for you just to like purely enjoy aesthetically. Yeah, it's lit- it's like the most aesthetically pleasing movie. Um, and so Marie Antoinette again, everybody knows the iconic image of Marie Antoinette, and I'm sorry for saying iconic all the time, but the sky high bouffant hairdo, mm-hmm. um, the really paled out like powdered skin, really bright hot pink rouge, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of times, like in this, like the Rococo area, people would put on really elaborate costumes. They'd have fancy dress parties all the time. You know, you've seen the the images of like the dandies with like the little fake mole patches on their mm-hmm. face in like different shapes, and the, like masquerades. Yes, everything. The Rococo is, era is yeah. it's nothing but decadence, decadence, it is luxury, over the top indulgence. It, yeah, of, like just extravagance and like. The amount of money that people spent on looking good was insane. Yeah. And this is why the French rose up. <laughs> well, but then because that's also they were why, pissed about it. Yeah, they were like, F you guys, we don't have any food over here, and you're out having these fancy dinner parties every single night. And you know what? She laughed in their face and said, Let them make it. No, she didn't. I know. It's a it's a common misconception, but right, that well. did not actually happen. Anyway, anyway, Marie Antoinette, yes, love it. Just if you beautiful pastel like watercolor blush, 
just a little bit of pink dabbed on the lips, mm-hmm. like a lot of like a white powder on the face. Very dainty. It's super dainty, but it's it's overtly it's like dainty, but kind of in a almost like a Lolita like sensual way. Okay. Yes, sure. Because I mean, she has an affair in the movie. We don't know if she actually had affairs in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, there is like an extravagance to it, but. In that era, it was also seen as a very, like, sensual look. Yeah. It was a sexy look to them at the time. Right. To look so overly done up with, like, very low-cut dresses, like... The big, um, what are they called? Panniers? Panniers, yeah. The big, like, hips to make them, like, super over-exaggerated. Let's move on to another Sofia Coppola movie. Oh, yes. I I have to admit, she is... Probably one of my favorite, if not the my favorite director. I just love her cinematography. We're going to talk about Lost in Translation. Yes. Okay. Lost in Translation is a classic. Um, very quiet movie once again. It's all just about seeing, not so much hearing the movie. But in the, one of the beginning scenes of the film, Scarlett Johansson is seen putting on some lipstick in a mirror, and we have now figured out that it is a Clinique lipstick mm-hmm. in one of their iconic, like, green tubes. So that was an, a classic moment. I love the... I don't... It's... It gives me, like, a little thrill when you see makeup that you recognize in a movie or a TV show. Yeah. And you're like, I know exactly what that is. Like, that happens oh, a lot. wow, I just had an... I know we're gonna... I think we're gonna talk about this movie anyway, but... I love, especially when I first saw it in theaters with you, mm-hmm. I remember so vividly watching the beginning, the like, the opening credits of Legally Blonde. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Yes. Yeah. Okay. So it like pans up and she, there's a box of like Clairol nice and easy on the counter. Oh my God. There's like a perfume that she spritzed on her wrists. Mm-hmm. She has nail polish. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's like a lip gloss happening there, mm-hmm. but it's just like a whole vanity. And I was like, yes, I'm here for it. I want all the makeup that she has. Um, and mm-hmm. didn't, weren't you saying that there is a scene where I think she's in the the nail salon and Jennifer, what's her Coolidge. name? Jennifer Coolidge is touching up her makeup with another Clinique compact. Like that iconic green marbled compact. Yes. Yeah. I love just seeing like, it's almost like this behind the scenes moment that we're not meant to see. And it's, there's a lot of tons of movie scenes that do this, especially yes. with lipstick. Oh, I love, I'm sorry, but I think the act of putting on a lipstick is so like it's such a sexy move yeah and it's a power move for a lot of like the scenes that we see it's like a woman putting on her armor she's like putting on her lipstick or she's getting ready but it's a moment that we're not really meant to see but we see anyway and it's kind of this like ooh, like kind of secretive moment well, and it's just like the act of it it's like oh you have like your mouth like slightly pouty and open and you're just like kind of like perfecting this look that you have on it's like a look of just pure not self-absorption but really just paying attention to yourself yeah you're really focused on getting the lines right right but even then it's like oh this is the last thing i do before i leave the house is i put on this lipstick Mm -hmm. let's you know twist up the tube and glide it on Mm -hmm. put it back in my purse all daintily and then flip my hair and walk out the door yeah and uh, other movies that we love that involve scenes of like you know the getting ready process yeah um, let's kind of take it back to something a little bit different is one of my favorite movies of all time. And ever since I was a child was to Wong Fu. Thanks for everything. Love Julie Newmar. Uh, 
It's so good. And this is, like, what spawned my love for drag. Mm -hmm. And not even so much drag as it is nowadays where it is super extremely popular. Like, I barely know most drag queens that are out there right now. Mm -hmm. Drag is a lot. It's very mainstream now. Oh, yeah. Super, super mainstream. But the fact that you see, like, super, like, hyper-masculine-looking Patrick Swayze embracing this role as like a drag queen Mm -hmm. and like the supreme like who wins like best drag queen of the year um awarded by miss rupaul herself like it's amazing so like every man in this movie that plays a drag queen um none of them are gay so it's patrick swayze wesley snipes and john leguizamo Mm -hmm. and they're they're very like like hyper masculine they got like big muscles and yeah. chiseled jaws but then you see Patrick Swayze put on his headband and then he uses a, a color corrector to to mark off his beard mm-hmm. and then he's putting on his eyebrows and then puts on a lipstick and like pouts his lip like smacks his lips together mm-hmm. and it's like yes it's, it's, the, it's just a like, transformation it's the transformation and Wesley Snipes like playing with like these gold eyelashes oh mm. yeah, yeah yeah it like I so love iconic. that it was it was very tastefully made, even though it, for the time it probably it could have gone a very different way. Yeah, that's it brought what a I liked lot about of that movie. It brought a lot of respect to the drag community, even though it, they were played by very, very heterosexual men mm-hmm. in the movie. Right. Um. It didn't make fun of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that was I, a good, I, good movie oh, moment. Love makeup movie. moment. Yes. Um. um let's another, talk about Devil Wears Prada. Again, another iconic opening scene. I also love a good makeover montage. Oh, we all do. Like, I mean, Princess Diaries. Hello, Clueless. Anne Hathaway. Clueless with Ty. Yep. So many, like, good movie makeover moments. What about The Devil Wears Prada? What, like, m- makeup moments do you like in that movie? So, I really love Emily Blunt. Um, she wears... I mean, honest, honestly, I don't love that it would, it would probably look bad on anybody else. But there's a scene <laughs> where she's wearing this, like... It reminds me of, like, butterfly wings. Like, this, like, iridescent really blue eyeshadow. Ladies. But it's brought up really high towards the brow bone. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, like, really goes with the kind of dyed auburn hair that she has in the movie. Yeah. Um, and there's also a scene where um, Andy, so Anne Hathaway in the movie, she is wearing this, like, bomb Chanel outfit with the thigh-high boots and the chain and the blazer. And she has a new but haircut. Her, her haircut with the blunt bangs and she has like this kind of like smoked out eye mm-hmm. and like a pale pink lip. I'm like, yes, Anne Hathaway. Okay, Yeah, here. it was really pretty. I mean, honestly, the fashion is the star in that movie, but mm-hmm. the makeup had to go along with but it. Her, and her makeup does change in the movie. She goes from that beginning montage where we see all of these mm-hmm. like rich, executive looking women are like getting the ready. cool girls getting ready with their yeah. lingerie and, and their putting- lipstick putting makeup on and she just is rifling through her closet and she puts on a chapstick and that's really all she does yeah to going into this like full glam mode is like in a really fun like transformation to watch yeah i mean yeah we all saw the princess diaries Anne hathaway again Mm -hmm. they take a tweezer to her brow they uh they uh pretty much tame her her hair and it's like this sleek like early 2000s like blowout (laughs) yeah Yes, I was here for it. And then it's like, she has a transformation in the movie, and then Mandy Moore, of all people, like, teases her for it. (laughs) Yikes. Mandy Moore. Uh, I love a good transformation in the movie. There's so many of them. Yeah. There's so many good moments. 
where they take this girl from like kind of frumpy to like fabulous. Wizard of Oz has a transformation scene again where they they actually go to Oz and they all get like a tune up. Oh, and right. she gets. She's like, can I match my dress to, can I dye my eyes to match my dress? Or something like that. Something weird. And then her hair gets a little bit, becomes a little bit different. I think it goes from pigtails to like a half up, half down. And they curl it. They curl it. And yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a little bit of a transformation. Also, the cowardly lion gets his hair curled. Oh my curled. god. <laughs> also, can we just talk about like the ruby slippers? Mm. We're so, number, again, Iconic. iconic. They are just dripping in, like, that's, Sparkle. like, where my love for glitter probably yes. started. Is like, this shimmering, glittering pair of shoes that were so unattainable. And that was the whole thing. It's, like, they want to find the ruby red slippers, mm-hmm. and it's on Dorothy's feet. And so she has to keep them on. Otherwise, the witch will have power. I don't remember how it went. <laughs> but it was very weird. It's a real nonsensical story, but it it's works. It's very odd. Um, speaking of glitter, you know what I'm going to talk about. Oh, oh yes. Okay, one of our favorite movies of all time. And again, guys, we're creatures of habit. I could watch these movies forever. All the time. Every day, all day. I don't care what my boyfriend says. It will not bore me. Mm -mm. I can watch the same movie over over and over. It doesn't bother me. Do you think we should take a quick break before we let people in on what this movie is? Okay, so think about it. Glitter and butterfly wings. You got a hint. Okay, Okay. we're going to be right back. Welcome back, guys. We are going to talk about one of our favorite movies of all time. It is the 1997 Cinderella classic, Ever After, starring a young Drew Barrymore. <laughs> you guys, this movie, just it just touches it's me. It's just a beautiful movie filmed in France and in the 90s. A, and it's a, the beautiful like feminist retelling of Cinderella. Very feminist. She's a strong woman. Who doesn't really need to be rescued by a man. No, and she's a very smart yes. woman with her own thoughts and feelings and isn't afraid to let them be known, even to the Prince of France. And guys. her favorite place to be is in the library mm-hmm. because books are so special to her. Okay, let's talk about... There, there are two go. iconic looks in this film. And let's talk about the one that's not the most right. memorable. So okay. this is one of my favorite looks pretty much I've ever she is at the end of the movie. Spoiler alert: She marries the prince. Her stepmom and one of her stepsisters comes in to be questioned by the king, and they don't know where she is at this point. They think she has gone to be a prisoner at some asshole's castle. Basically, <laughs> um, spoiler alert: She rescues herself and gets out before the prince has a chance to come and get her. And we have this surprise moment where. The stepmom is trying to get somebody to speak for her and her awful daughter before they get shipped out to the Americas. And from the back of the room, Drew Barrymore says, I'll speak for her. And then everybody turns around and she is in this beautiful red and gold brocade gown with this huge like citrine around her neck, this crown on her head, spoiler alert, she got married to that guy. So (laughs) she is now way higher up. In the social hierarchy than her stepmother. (laughs) But when she comes across and the stepmom and the stepdaughter have to like bow down and like curtsy for her, she has this pale, shimmering gold eyeshadow on her lids, no mascara, a hint of a lip color, but it is this gold eyeshadow that is, first of all, 
so out of place for the time. <laughs> the time. But <laughs> it was so beautiful. Everything about Ugh, her, so her coloring nice. in that movie was like, especially mm. the end scene, it's like these beautiful, like deep jewel fall colors. It's actually like a shimmering, like an amber. Like think of oh, amber, like so the stone. Pretty. It's this shimmering, like orangey <gasps> gold. I just had it. I just, I just had a moment. There was a L'Oreal eyeshadow <laughs> called what? Oh God, what was it called? It was it, almost exactly that color. It was a single eyeshadow that I bought. I can't remember the name. But Did it have amber in the name? Amber, well, amber lights is like an iconic eyeshadow for my. I don't know if it's That's the same. That's right. Okay. But it was this just gold soft wash of iridescence. On like Drew Barrymore's mm, like I creamy love- pale skin. Yes, like the dark, like almost like a reddish brown hair. Oh, I her hair like color was beautiful. That's the kind of the hair color I strive like to have. This rich, chocolatey, warm, auburny kind of tone. Mm-hmm. That. Yep. Makeup, it was just... So simple, but so, so effective. Oh, it was so nice. And it was so out of context, but it worked. But at the same time, when you think about it, the stepmother, who is played by Angelica Houston, again, amazing face. Yes. She has, like, one of those faces that's mm-hmm. just, like, it's so unusual. Yeah. But, I mean, she has, like, pretty drawn-on brows and, like, a deep, like, almost like a brownish, yes. like, lip color going on. Yeah, they Again, yeah. not... And like not historically accurate. Not, yeah, not accurate whatsoever, because this is like what the sixteenth century? I don't yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, um eyeshadow wasn't really a thing back then. I mean, yeah. maybe it was, don't know, but probably not. Um, but yeah, again, the the colors in this scene, it's mm-hmm. just she looks like a dreamy. It's no, we're gonna get to Ethereal in a second. We all know the scene yeah. we're talking about. Okay. Anyway, so that ending scene, gorgeous. Lovely. Um, Yes. Okay, but let's talk about like the best like entrance scene of like all time. The best glow up. Like gives me chills. Like this is legit a li- literally a, a glow, glow up. up. <laughs> so, there's a scene where she's already told the prince that or or actually her bitch stepmom was like, "Oh yeah, she's a like oh Actually, no, I'm getting it wrong. She was imprisoned. She was basically imprisoned by the stepmother. And Leonardo da Vinci comes out of nowhere, (laughs) helps her. But also she's been invited to this masked ball held for the prince because he's about to announce who he's engaged to. And that same day, he was about to announce it that it was going to be her. Um, Little did he know the stepmother lied and all this stuff. So he thinks that she's engaged to somebody else. She's not. She's actually just a servant. Right. Um, So below his station. Um, But then she shows up to the ball and it's a mass ball and people are going in um, different animal costumes. Mm -hmm. And she comes in this amazing like silvery white gown and these like filmy wispy butterfly wings Mm -hmm. and her hair is done up in this like beautiful crown braid yeah and she has glitter on her face again not accurate but i don't give a shit because it looks it was so stunning she has glitter and rhinestones on her face basically in the shape of butterfly wings across her cheekbones and her temples so pretty and she looks like a baby angel Mm -hmm. she literally is an angel yeah, I what what a moment that was. This and the the camera oh, like pans down it's from so pretty. It pans down on her face from above, mm-hmm. and 
the music swells and you're like, oh my God, this, this is the moment. And you're like, ma'am. And then all hell kind of breaks loose, like literally two minutes later. But, but this moment was just that gorgeous. moment is amazing, and it was the and that's her mother's wedding dress that she wore, right? Yes, and the costumes from this movie have pretty much constantly been on like a rotating exhibit throughout the country. Yeah, they're gorgeous. Yeah, the, so again, pretty. I love a good historical costume. Oh, I love like the detailing. It's so again sumptuous. It's just oh, it just looks so. Expensive and it's that lovely. the amount of craftsmanship that went into it, but again, she has like just glitter. Don't know where she got it from. Don't know. Um, because this is France in the fifteen hundreds. My but favorite. Sure, it's and fine. The favorite thing I love about this movie is the you can tell it's in the nineties because nobody has any eyebrows. Yeah, her eyebrows are super, they're all super gone. Thin. Everybody oh, yeah. is plucked to death. Yes, but. Yeah, I, gorgeous. I mean, film. say what you want about Drew Barrymore as an actress. Like, I, like I, I think she's so so pretty, and I've kind of gotten compliments that maybe I might look a little bit like Drew Barrymore, but I honestly think it's my chin. Well, also, Drew Barrymore has her own makeup line now. Yes, Flower Beauty. It's, it's come full circle. Oh my god, it really has. <laughs> so anyway, so again, we're gonna post so many photos of these. Like, we are gonna spam your feeds, and maybe we'll try to recreate this look. <gasps> I know I will for Halloween. I am excited. Yeah, you could totally build like wings and then just. It's a really simple makeup look. It's very simple. Like, there's nothing but glitter and a couple of rhinestones and maybe like the hint of like a clear mascara. Mm. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Not even that. They don't curl their lashes because, again, 1500s. It Mm. wasn't a thing, guys. All right. Enough blathering on about Ever After, but again, a movie that we both. Hold very dear to delights our the senses it really does delight <laughs> the senses let's um see. let's go for something completely different another movie that laura oh. and i have cherished since Forever. i think the age of 13 uh we picked this movie up at a blockbuster just mm-hmm. on a whim we just wanted to try it out little did and we know good god it was literally the story of our lives little did we know it would change our lives because and it was so accurate it was <laughs> eerily accurate what so is, what is it this movie is actually based on a comic by daniel close um and it is the movie called ghost world ghost world, starring man. thor birch and a young scarlett johansson a 17 year old scarlett johansson it is so funny hilarious i absolutely love this movie if you just really felt out of place in high school couldn't wait to get it over with <laughs> had a friend that you guys just like did everything with you have to watch ghost World. i just want to watch this movie now just i to know laugh it is so good Ugh. so the two characters are enid who's played by thora birch and rebecca who's played by scarlett johansson now rebecca is very plain jane kind of like um wears outfits that look like they could be from the 50s or 60s but not in a in a dressy way, like she's in a like very a, casual she's way. She's like a little contempo casuals. Yes, and then Enid, who's played by Thora Birch, like, is kind of this like punk, goth, very alternative girl who has very um, eclectic like, taste. Very eclectic taste has a str- like a really sharp black bob, but loves to play with makeup. So one of my favorite scenes, <laughs> she is meeting. They go to a garage oh, sale Christ. and they meet Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi is very <laughs> weird in he's this not, movie. I mean, he's 
he's not actually Steve Buscemi, but it's... He, he is bizarre. <laughs> so they go to this garage sale, and Enid has her black bob, these really, like, thick black-rimmed glasses, and then green lipstick? Like, olive green lipstick. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bizarre. But I... she meets him, and the reactions in the scene are just iconic. And then there's so a point where, later in the movie where I think she had already had a falling out with... Um, Rebecca, mm-hmm. and she goes and like tries to dye her hair blue. And throughout the movie, you can actually tell like that it's fading throughout time. Like that's how time is kind of like going by. Is that the yes. blue fades to almost like that weird like green that happens? Yeah. So that's also <laughs> kind of cool. Um, I love this movie. It's yes, so good. I honestly want to just get drunk with Laura and watch this movie now and just crack my shit up. That's this a is- good idea. I mean, <laughs> this might be what's happening. Yeah, so if you guys have never watched Ghost World and you are into more of like an indie movie with people that <sighs> just never really fit in, you have to watch it. It is, it is a I hoot. mean, the, like, pretty much the, the first opening scene is them like running out of their high school, still in their cap and gown, and like sticking the middle finger. It's so funny. It is hilarious. That's like exactly what me and Laura felt. We're like, bye. Like, get me out of here. See ya. <laughs> I love that. Let's talk about a 90s movie starring (gasps) Miss Jennifer Lopez. J to the L-O. It is Selena. Selena. What? What? If ever an iconic, the word iconic could be thrown around, we have to talk about Selena. And especially like the movie because they get all of Selena Quintanilla's makeup looks so spot on. Spot on. So like, the number one thing I would like to call out as like iconic look in this movie is a very strong dark brow mm-hmm. and a very bold lined red lip. Yeah, like that brick brown red that mm. definitely was around in the nineties. Oh, so good. Yeah, like the white eyeshadow yeah. up to the eyebrows, frosty shadow, the frosty shadow. Um, there was no real kind of, like, contour back then, um, so everybody looked a little bit more pale than they're normally. She didn't Um, even look like she's really wearing blush or bronzer either. No, I don't think that was really a thing. She might be wearing just, like, a touch of blush, but bronzer didn't exist, basically. Yeah, not really. It was very much a flat, matte look, but that very 90s, like, smooth, powdery skin. And you know who also recreated this amazingly is Desi Perkins on YouTube. Oh, yeah. She looked so much like her it really was weird crazy and so basically to get that look they really overdrew the top lip like really like the the corners of the lip really plumped them out mm-hmm. what it had to be a very specific color it had to be like that brown brick red yeah. so max spice maybe it could have been it could have been that because that's a very classic shade for yeah. mac but maybe filled with like a more of a red tone from like let's say revlon rum raisin from redlon <laughs> Guys, yeah, that I mean, was such a good move. That was such a good movie because she had an iconic look. Like Selena had that look, and then she had all of her amazing like costumes Outfits. for her concerts, and you know, like the purple sparkly jumpsuit. That I'm sorry, Kim Kardashian tried for Halloween, mm, but no, no. Um, <laughs> yes, so many great looks in this movie. Just, I mean, Selena herself when she was alive, like I think, was amazing. Obviously, like, we were probably too young to know who she was until after this movie came out. Um, and again, living in Hawaii, I didn't know anything about Tejano music. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so we didn't very, know anything very about... rare. Any, yeah. Um, but yeah, after this movie came out, I think it really, like, solidified J-Lo as, like, a star. And just everything about this movie is... 
it's such a sad story, but I think they really did her justice, like, mm-hmm. especially, like, you know, having a Latino woman play her, right. even though Selena was Mexican, but, you know, J-Lo is Puerto Rican, mm-hmm. so not necessarily the same, but, you know, she's Hispanic. Right. Um, yeah, Selena, great. I just, honestly, like, the lipstick in this is everything. Mm-hmm. It's everything, oh, yeah, the lips. so nice. And it's that, I think a lot of um, Latinas would agree that they love makeup. <laughs> and they are not shy about makeup. Oh, and no. I lo- And I really appreciate that. And I think, so, yeah, Selena was, like, all about the looks. Like, she yes. served face. She served mm-hmm. body and hair and costume. Like, bigger like, the better. Like, very Texas. Yes, yes. Very exactly. Texas. Bigger the better. The higher the hair, the closer to God. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, um, I think we have time for maybe just a couple of like I wanna talk more about like moments, makeup moments. Okay. Um so Breakfast Club. Yes. Classic eighties movie. Tell me about the Breakfast Club. Um again, going back to like the the, the lipstick. Like putting on lipstick, mm-hmm. there's a scene where Molly Ringwald has this trick that she can do. And she puts a tube of lipstick down her bra, squeezes her shoulders together, and attempt <laughs> and puts her lipstick on, using the force of her breasts. And yes, everybody kind of was like, "Well, like she." I think people were kind of like in the movie. They're like, "You know, she's kind of a slut for doing that." But oh, uh, not really. But it's like her talent. It's it's her talent, and then people make fun of her for it. Right? That was a good um, movie. Yeah, I mean Breakfast Club. Yeah, like you become a member. Like, everybody knows who they are in The Breakfast Club. Right. You know what I mean? What other moments do we have? I loved the scene in Memoirs of a Geisha. Okay. Where she is learning to put on the geisha-style makeup. And there's this part, oh, I love this. I absolutely think this is so crazy, but the part where they talk about the lines of the makeup on the back of the neck. Yeah. Because the kimono is actually, it's formed to hit just under like a certain cervical it kind of it kind of dips it dips below the nape of the neck Mm -hmm. and that's like like the most skin that they show Mm -hmm. like that's supposed to be a very central part of the body because they usually have their hair up in these like really elaborate updos Mm -hmm. with all their fun little accessories but they paint the face and then the back of the nape of the neck with that white paint. Yeah. And I think there is a part in the movie, I don't quite remember, but it's like either you get two Vs down the back of the neck or three, depending think, on your status. Yeah, I think there's a di- there's a couple different patterns. But, like, just watching them paint, literally paint their faces mm-hmm. with the white paint and then, like, the brush going down the nape of the neck, it's like, oh, my God, this is, like, performance. And it's like a gesture. It is a gesture. Like, well, I mean, being a geisha, like, Every move you do is literally, like, a gesture, like, mm-hmm. it's so deliberate, yeah. very deliberate, very intentional, but, like, even, like, the painting of the lips, mm-hmm. the the coal eyeliner that's, they, like, mix it with um, water and, like, brush, brush it across mm-hmm. the eyes. Did it's you know? So, like, it's just sensual, like, like, montage. There was a certain point in Japanese history when blackening of the teeth was considered the height of beauty. Which is terrifying it is scary because there are people but it was a thing i know there there are pictures i know it's terrifying and their teeth are just blacked Black. out oof, oof. 
I'm, it was, I'm, I wonder why. I don't Maybe know. it's because there wasn't a lot of dental hygiene, and so it was kind of just easier to mask it with something that was black. I have no idea. I think that is absolutely terrifying. It is. Like, not in, like, a, <laughs> not in a cultural sense. Don't just, get me wrong. I'm just, in a, literally, like, seeing people Just smiling black. and have black teeth. <laughs> Like that is that would make me run in the opposite direction. Um, let's talk about him. I've never seen this movie, but it is such a iconic. To say it one more time, an iconic. <laughs> uh, when you think of this movie and you think of this actress in this movie, it wait. Is so very name, name iconic. the movie. Name the movie, and then I'll see. I I don't even know what you're it's talking. Cleopatra. About. Oh, Elizabeth Taylor. The Kajal eyeliner. Very thick. Rimmed eyes with this like aqua blue eyeshadow mm-hmm. for some reason, um, and I think she actually did her makeup herself if I remember correctly. Um, you know who does amazing recreations of these iconic makeup movie movie makeup looks? Excuse yes. me, Pixie Woo. Oh yeah, they do totally. They've done many a makeup tutorial on movie looks. Um, mm-hmm. there's some great like there's like a Bond Girl series Ooh. where they do like classic looks from like 60s and 70s bond movies oh that's fun yes and then she does a cleopatra looks amazing mm-hmm. um yeah i think pixie would did like that really got me into it was the uh the tutorials about mm-hmm. the movie makeup because it's so cool yeah because they really changed their face mm-hmm. too not just like the eye makeup but it they actually made themselves look like the actors playing that character right right so yeah i just I feel like the act of, like, putting on makeup in movies, it usually is, like, kind of a transition scene. Right. Whether it's, like, oh, I'm putting on lipstick to leave, or I'm maybe putting on my eyeliner because I need to get ready for work, or let's say I'm doing, like, this... I go into a salon because, oh, I had a bad breakup and I'm just going to get transformation. Like, it's usually... It's usually like a scene that is used to transition you from one thing to the next, right. if that makes sense. Right. Um, and it is kind of like a metaphor right, for totally. makeup in general. I mean, you're not born with a full face of makeup, obviously. So you use your your act of basically getting ready mm-hmm. to get ready. Literally, that's why it's called getting ready. You're getting ready to face leave, the day. either leave the space you're in currently like physically leave the space they're in currently. Mm-hmm. Some people use makeup as therapy to like leave the space they're in mentally. Right. Um, so if you guys are, I'm getting I'm getting real deep about this, guys. If you guys are really interested in makeup in movies, another good resource I already own is the book by Lisa Eldridge. It's called yes. Face Paint. Yep. She really goes into how makeup was created for movies, especially in black and white, because the the makeup colors are not the makeup colors you see now, because everything was filmed in black and white, which meant certain colors read differently. So like a red lipstick would read almost gray or black because of the tone so they really had to be careful as to what kind of makeup was put on actors because the amount of tone and yeah, hue in a co- in a product yeah. would dramatically shift yeah, especially, on the screen. Yeah, because if you're yeah, filming in black and white, all you really have to care about is light, right? Yeah. Like the lighting is the most important thing at that mm-hmm. point. So lighting tends to, it's different with any color you shine on it. Did you see, there was a Instagram post, there's like an, an Instagram account that uh, they do like movie magic, like these little mm-hmm. videos. There was one from, there was a black and white film. This woman was transforming from an old woman into like a witch. And it was just with like, they removed a filter on the camera 
but it was the makeup she was already wearing, like, transformed her into this old hag. It was crazy. Weird. And it was just with this filter being removed from their camera. Like, physically removed. Guys, we don't mean, like, and it, a filter And nothing filter. was edited. It wasn't, like, a cut scene. It went from, like, her looking, like, maybe 40, and then her looking 90 in, like, wow. a split second. It was very crazy, but... That shows how important makeup was back then and now. I mean, yes. I mean, we can talk all day about special effects makeup. Like, that has its place. But I think what we're trying to strive for in today's episode is talking about, like, just makeup as part of the character. Not like, oh, I'm, you know, from Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm Gamora. I'm painted green. That's who I am. But, oh, here I'm Glinda the Good Witch and I'm painted literally in makeup like to look more ethereal and good right if that makes sense right right, right. um yeah we're not talking about prosthetics um or even like special effects like actual like not like i mean non-practical special effects like on the computer um because that's a thing too i mean people Mm -hmm. put filters in their music videos to make them look a little bit different Uh, yeah yeah like beauty wise Mm -hmm. um yeah i mean practical makeup and effects I think is such an art and it's it's so like a collaborative work between everybody involved because again like you were saying like the lighting right everything has to do with you know light and color shadow. right light color shadow all plays together um and it really matters um so yeah I think this is a really cool episode to yeah we want to wanna throw I know about. obviously yeah. this format is not visual so we are gonna load up our feed once this episode is out with lots of pictures and slideshows and we definitely want to see like if you guys have any favorite makeup movie moments whether it's just the vibe of the movie that you saw the characters was it the costumes the hair what was it Ooh, i just got Ooh, i just got such a good idea what i oof. okay i want to film not even necessarily film i want to do Let's do makeup on, e- on you know, ourselves that are kind of inspired by these movies, like either recreating the looks themselves. Okay. I love using movie color palettes hmm. in general. Okay. Like the overall color palette of a movie. And when you think of that, I honestly think of Wes Anderson films. Okay. Usually like the- kind of like cheery pastels mm-hmm. with like some like deeper like muted reds and browns. I think of, when I think of that, I kind of think of Amelie, how everything was very filtered, like Mm-hmm. Very green or very yellow. Like, there's lots of filters or something. Yeah, I think we should do some themed makeup and mm, okay. contribute to it. I mean, we can, we, let's we can really try. push ourselves. I mean, get creative. Yeah, we've been trying to post a lot of um, content on Instagram because... It's hard when you're just kind of listening to us talk about makeup. We're literally I get it. talking about makeup, and makeup is like a visual platform. Yeah. Like, you need to see it to understand. Right. So that's where you guys can yeah. find us. So we will be posting um, our inspiration for this episode. Um, I think we will be doing some looks. I really want to do some looks. I want to turn it out for you guys uh, and try. So this is a really interesting episode yeah. to, to talk about. I um, think we we're got done? some great ideas. <laughs> I think this is probably the most excited I've been talking about makeup in a long time, just because I'm, like, harking back to, like, things I used to love as a child. Mm Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Oh, I just just want to watch these movies now. Okay, we can do that. Okay. (laughs) We have a movie night. I think we're going to end here. So, once this episode is out... Follow us on Instagram at Glow and Tell Podcast. We have lots of content, lots of IGTV videos for you to watch, 
we swatch, we test foundations, we do get readies with us. So we're going to post our favorite makeup movie looks and please share your own too. I know there's so many amazing looks out there on movie and on tv we can always talk about tv too um so follow us at glow and tell podcast you can find us on every podcast platform including apple google and spotify just search for glow and tell and you will find us there if you hit subscribe we would love for you to give us a rating and review on apple we it helps us get more easily found by people searching for beauty reviews makeup and you know self-care podcasts and if you really like us tell your friends about us we really want to make more friends in this space and we are having some collabs in the works which is super exciting for us very exciting really want to reach out to our beauty community and our beauty adjacent communities and if you feel like you want to do a collaboration episode with us just hit us up we also have an email address it is glowintelpod at gmail.com and this has been episode 29 movie makeup moments we will uh see you guys next week you'll you, hear us next you'll week. hear us next week every monday for a new episode thanks for listening again guys bye, bye.